Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Greetings to you all. Welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. Thank you to the reform members of Back to Ashes. Denise S., Seven Leaf Clover, Through Scrutiny, Samantha Place, Lisa Radford, Tina Mead, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Mana Ash, Normie D.W., Christy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's Niece. How do you become a member of Back to Ashes? Or check out my GoFundMe? All of that can be found down below. I appreciate it in advance. If you are new here or haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment. In doing so, it helps push this video into the algorithm and it will remind you of every time I upload a new video. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes, for once we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and a happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck and get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Haunted House Stories. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play, and after that there will be no more ads within this video. This had to be around 2009, maybe 2010, in the Thumb region of Michigan. One of my good friends bought a huge Italianite farmhouse built in 1876. Well, naturally, we explored the house. It sat empty for a long time. We found a dried-up Kristen under the floor, but it was filled with children's shoes. That was creepy, but whatever. When we started to demo, that is when things started to happen. Nothing crazy, but the lights would turn on even though we know for a fact we turned them off and doors would slam. My friends put up some crosses in the house and whatever was in that house did not like them. They would get knocked off the walls almost every single night and we started to hear footsteps. The final straw was when the thing growled into my buddy's ear while he was sleeping. He left the house right then and there. I have never seen him scared before, as he is a bigger guy and not easily frightened. My friend ended up moving out completely that day and listed the house. Fifteen years ago, my family and I were living in Madagascar, where people are pretty superstitious, 
and always have lots of great ghost stories. We lived in a huge and old house on the site of where my parents worked, the kind with really thick walls and long corridors. We learned rather quickly that this used to be the director's house from long ago, where his wife had died from the plague or something like that. The story always varied a little depending on who was telling it, but everyone was positive the house was haunted. Generally speaking, the house was indeed scary. The basement was really dark and low and there was a room within the basement that was even darker and that had a white stain just above the doorway shaped like a skull. The attic was kind of scary, really goosebumps looking, dusty and huge as it covered all the sides of the house. But there was a little room in there with no window and I would just feel that I should not go in. It was a deep, very clear, uneasy feeling in my stomach that I didn't want to go in there, even though it was almost drawing me in, like something terrible but fascinating. The corridors were really long, so the walks at night to go to the bathroom were always terrifying. The bathroom was just in front of the stairs that climbed up to the attic, and I was always most paralyzed with fear when passing it. And we did experience a few weird things, like several times my mom was home alone and saw movement behind her. Some of the windows were probably as old as the house itself, so the glass was uneven and would never give a clear reflection, so it was probably nothing, but it was still very unsettling. My brother was nine, and one night he woke up and felt and heard that someone was crying over him. He said he could feel the tears, but he wasn't scared because he knew that person was nice, just sad. I was maybe twelve, and I felt more than once like someone was sitting on the end of my bed. I would just be paralyzed in fear, so I never dared to look up. I could also hear footsteps from above my room from the attic. My parents, hardcore scientists, said it was probably rats or an owl, but I was never convinced. It sounded so clearly like footsteps. We stayed five years in this house, and the weird little stuff never stopped. Nothing batshit crazy or horrifying, just the feeling that there was something unthreatening but there. We are all on the science side, so not really superstitious and more used to look for reasonable explanations, but maybe the stories and the appearance of the house did get to us and our imagination after all. In any case, when we moved out, we never experienced anything similar elsewhere. I was about 10, and I watched my mom's purse slide from the kitchen counter, hover midair for about 15 seconds, and slammed to the ground. I can't say I remember running, as it doesn't seem like my feet touched the ground. When I found my mom outside, all I could manage was, Mom, your purse fell. Dead stare. Uh, then pick it up, please, with a shake of her head. 
Same apartment. To this day, as my mother still lives there, a ghost, or whatever you want to call it, drops and rolls what sounds like marbles on the ceiling. Sometimes it sounds like bowling balls, and sometimes golf balls. They drop as if from a good height, and then bounce and roll, as you would expect them to on a hard linoleum floor covering solid concrete. After a quick search online just now, the likely culprit is actually water moving through pipes. What in the world? I would totally jump all over my explanation, to be honest. Except I have yet to hear one that explained why the hell it would follow you around from room to room, even while running down the hall to leave the apartment. I used to call the ghost Charlie after my imaginary friend from kindergarten. Then we found out that several others could hear the anomaly. We changed the name to Mason, as in Masonary, due to the fact that he lived in the cement of the building. The building's manager and HUD have gotten numerous complaints about this issue. Just pointing out that my mother and I are not. Mom doesn't get scared of it anymore, as she is convinced this ghost is a child spirit wanting to play. She even talks to it now. But I am still scared shitless of whatever it is in her apartment. I started my first part-time job at 16 at a place where most of my coworkers were older college people. I didn't act like an idiot 16-year-old, so I got to be friends with them and they would invite me to parties and such. They had just moved into a new house because the rent was half of what they were paying before. I had overheard them say they didn't like it and were looking for something else, but no one had given any specific reasons as to why. I just figured it was because the house was in semi-rough shape and was located in a run-down older part of town. One evening, Dave invites me to hang out for a pizza and beer movie night. I get over there, and Dave has already got the refreshments ready, and we then pick up a movie. I go to sit down on a couch that was already the back wall, but he mentions for me to take that one on the other side of the room, which faced into the open kitchen and the hallway, which led to the other bedrooms. A little while into the movie, I begin to see the light being turned on and off from under the cracks of the back bedroom doors. I kind of wonder why his roommates don't come out and get some pizza and watch a movie. I then hear one of the bedroom doors open and close a few times. Dave turns the TV up a little. A few minutes later, I hear people walking around in the back of the house. David turns the TV up some more. A short while after that, I hear someone talking loud enough to be heard over the TV, but not enough to understand what was being said. I looked at Dave, and he had this weird look on his face, and turns the TV up even louder. Then a door slams shut. TV gets turned up some more. Finally, I see movement out of the corner of my eye and turn to look, thinking that one of the roommates has come out of the back bedrooms into the kitchen. No one is there, but the kitchen cabinets are all now open, when moments before they had been closed. 
All the hairs stand up on my arms and neck and I jump up. I look over at Dave and could tell by his face he knew why I had jumped. I ask him what the hell is going on. David proceeds to tell me that they had been experiencing stuff like this since they moved in. The reason I was invited over that evening was because his other roommates had gone out of town and Dave did not want to be in the house alone. This was also the reason why he took the couch that did not have the view of the kitchen and hallway leading to the back bedrooms. Needless to say, I left immediately and was extremely pissed about being invited into a freaking haunted house without a heads up. About two months later, they suddenly moved out of the house with such speed that they left some stuff behind. It took a little prying, but Dave said he woke up and an old woman was leaning over his bed and looking down at him. He said he screamed and raised his hands to defend himself and she just disappeared. Happened a few years ago and still creeps me the hell out. Sorry if the story is too long, but I must get it out there. I lived in a haunted house for over two decades, so there are several examples of things that happened over the years. The house was built in the early 1700s. It was a beautiful, rambling old house with a big garden, outbuildings, five bedrooms, and working fireplaces. My parents, my three siblings, and I were overjoyed to be moving into this spacious house after living in a cramped two-and-a-half-bedroom terrace with no garden. My parents had bought the house for an incredibly low price. Even for the 90s, it was cheap. I do wonder now if it was something to do with the hauntings. Anyway, it wasn't long before we realized we weren't the only residents. A few days after we moved in, my mom was downstairs in the long hallway which ran the length of the house from the front door to the kitchen, past the wide, old staircase. As she watched, she saw the shadow of a man who seemed to be dressed in Jacobian clothing, based on the silhouette, walk along the wall and then disappear into the wall by the stairs, as if he had walked through a door that wasn't there. But... That was only the start. We quickly got used to seeing and hearing things that weren't there. We'd constantly see black shapes swiftly moving out of the corner of our eyes. When we'd return to look, there'd be no one there. Late at night, after everyone had gone to bed, he would often hear voices talking softly at the base of the stairs. It sounded like three or four men murmuring to each other like a group of people planning something. But if we went to the stairs to listen, the voices abruptly stopped. Now bear in mind this was a detached house with thick solid walls and only a quiet old couple for neighbors. We called the voices the murmuring men and grew up quite fond of them. My brother liked to stay up late and play video games in his room. Between the hours of 2 to 4 a.m., he would often see a woman standing in his bedroom. She was wearing an apron over a Victorian dress. 
He told us about it, and we all agreed it was weird. Later, when we were having the house renovated, we discovered old servant's bells in his room. So, perhaps she'd been a servant and was checking if the young master wanted anything? I don't know. As well as seeing and hearing things, there were other indications that we were not alone. Things would go missing. Little objects you'd swear you just left on the side. We'd all look high and low with no sign of whatever it was. Then, later, that same object would return up in an incredibly unlikely place, like on top of a wardrobe or somewhere that had already been searched. We even joked that the house had taken it, and sometimes, exasperated, my mom would yell, Come on, house, this isn't funny, give it back, which usually resulted in it turning up a day or so later. But, despite these ghostly goings-on, it was a very cozy home. Everyone who visited noted how welcoming and open the house felt. After my parents divorced, that changed. My mother continued to live in the house with us kids and made some adjustments to it so she could put it on the market. I don't know if that alone shook the spirits up or whatever. It was because we were all sad and depressed following the divorce and those emotions were feeding things. But the atmosphere in the house changed completely. It grew. Heavy. Oppressive. You could feel like someone was watching you in the hallway. None of us kids would go upstairs at night by ourselves. We'd wait and go together. You just did not want to be alone in the hallway or on the stairs. That feeling that sometimes was right behind you was intense. My sister had to go downstairs alone at one point, and as she was walking back to the stairs, she heard booted footsteps walking behind her. She closed her eyes and ran back downstairs as fast as she could. One afternoon, I was in my room, reading. I suddenly heard a woman sobbing, very loudly. She sounded like her heart was broken. I thought it must have been mom or maybe my sister. I ran out into the landing, calling, Mom? Sis? What is it? There was no one there. The noise stopped. I ran downstairs, and my mom and sister were sitting, chatting happily in the kitchen. They were fine. They hadn't heard a thing. Six months later, my brother and sister heard the same woman crying, and my brother thought he'd seen what looked like a swish of dark blue skirt on the landing, but he couldn't be sure. My mom came upstairs one night to her bedroom and found every item on her dressing table had been pushed to the floor as if someone had swept it off. We'd all been downstairs and her window was closed. Finally, late one evening, my sister was doing the washing up in the kitchen. The sink was in front of a large sash window. The glass in the windows is old. I don't know if it's still as old as the house, but it's thick and very wavy and distorts the reflections in them. As she was washing up, she felt the presence of someone in the room with her. Someone taller than her, 
standing right behind her. She thought it must be one of our brothers and looked up to see a tall reflection in the window. She turned around to speak to them and no one was there. My mom called the local vicar and he came around with a specialist colleague and blessed the house. They sprinkled holy water and said prayers and it definitely seemed to help. The house felt lighter and we didn't see or hear anything else. My mom sold the house and at the time I left home, I moved into my own home. Someone else lives there now, and I often wonder if the spirits have come back out again to see the new owners. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I used to live in a 110-year-old Victorian house in San Jose with a few buddies of mine. We'd hear stories from contractors that were preparing the house for renters after the old lady had gone senile and been transferred to a nursing home. Things like footsteps upstairs when no one was home and the electrician was in the basement, hollow noises where noises shouldn't come from, etc., well, about three months after we moved in, we would be startled by apparent heavy footsteps coming up the wood stairs from the street. Thinking it was one of our roommates coming home early, we would always open the door to greet him. There was never anyone there. I can't stress that enough. Yet, the best would come about one and a half years later. I was splitting the front room with my friend and late one night, probably 3.30 a.m. if I recall correctly. I awoke to the right side of my futon depressing in upon itself and the wooden part of the futon creaking very loudly as if some extreme weight had been set on it. This was compounded by the fact that my whole left side of the futon I had been sleeping on lifted into the air about six inches. Yeah. It was dead quiet, and all the hairs on my body went up as the air got noticeably colder. I was sleeping towards the wall for two very long minutes. I tried to get myself to face whatever it was that was causing this whole freaking bed to raise up. Let me tell you this. To even get that futon to creak, you would have to jump up and down on it with significant weight. Just the way it was creaking sounded like 300 pounds were being focused on the joint. So yeah, whatever it was dissipated into thin air as my bed slowly went back down again. I woke up to an absolute effing deep depression on my right side of the futon. Something that I also can't stress enough would take lots of weight to do, as it was a very firm futon mattress. It gets better. 
My roommate was awake the whole time and heard the exact same thing that I did at the same time. I told him everything that happened. He never opened his eyes either as he thought it was just me shifting the bed around or whatever. After this, it never happened again. But I could totally tell it was something in the house finally trying to connect with us and it took all the energy it could in the room to get the point across. Even when I see the old house today, it still freaks me the hell out. So yeah, this story spans over several years, but it still causes me extreme curiosity, and some may find it slightly chilling. When I was about two to five months old, my family lived in a trailer on a piece of property with an old, large white house on it. It was built in the very late 1800s. My father was born in 1917 in a small community in rural Louisiana that went bust during the Great Depression. But at one point, it had a general store, train station, post office, etc. Now it's just a block. Gold Dust Loop, mind you, amid a bunch of fields in central Louisiana. Anyway, the large white house was a doctor's house. I was born in 1983. Dad was 66 when I was born. I'll make clear he didn't believe in anything supernatural, ghosts, aliens, the works. If he hadn't seen it, it didn't exist, period. He told stories about what the town used to be like when he was young, and one of the stories was that the doctor's wife took their kids and left him. She and their kid disappeared, so the story was she ran off. Sometime in the late 30s or so. The doctor committed suicide afterwards, and the large white house was unoccupied and boarded up. As I said, when I was born, we lived in a trailer on that property. My dad bought another trailer and had been a carpenter back in the day, so he built a large home a couple lots over using the two trailers, built frame around them. Now, when I started talking, I started telling all these stories about an old man that I had all kinds of adventures with and called him Grandpa. I had no Grandpa alive at the time. Parents brushed it away as an overactive imagination. And in time, I forgot all about it. Years later, I'm talking to my dad after a news story about an earthquake, and he mentions feeling tremors when I was younger in our house at night. To which I replied that was impossible since Louisiana doesn't have earthquakes. Well, in typical old man fashion, he became agitated and swore that occasionally his bed would shake at night which is weird. Before my mother passed away, she told my sister not to live in the house with her daughters and to sell it instead because she thought something bad was there. When asked to elaborate, she said the whole time we lived there, she occasionally heard voices when no one was in the house and footsteps. She was very sick and had moved out of the house after her and my father separated then passed away shortly thereafter. I don't think my sister really paid much attention to what she said, 
she wound up moving into the house a few months later. A couple years later, I'm in Texas. My sister is now living in the house we grew up in. She calls me freak the F out. Complained she heard an old man's voice and a woman's voice arguing, and a child's voice. I rolled my eyes and brushed it off. Then, my older brother goes over and leaves the night claiming he heard the same. So then, being the religious people they are, I'm an atheist by the way, call a local pastor after this goes on for about two weeks with increasing intensity. They do a blessing of the house. As they are finishing, my sister's dog goes berserk outside for no apparent reason, and the three lawn chairs on the porch are thrown into the yard, with no one or nothing else on the porch. There were four witnesses to this, all claiming the same thing had just happened. I didn't witness it, but I would have certainly liked to have seen it for myself. In my case, after thinking about it and having read a lot on supernatural experiences, I think it's plausible, supernatural explanation anyway, that all these experiences are linked together. The doctor that killed himself, the missing wife and kid, the old man imaginary friend, my dad's bed shaking, and the eventual ghostly noises and occurrences. It doesn't really frighten me at all, but it definitely makes me curious. After about a year, I moved into an apartment in a newish complex, so can't be haunted because it's not super old, right? First few weeks I stayed there didn't have any issues, but about a month after living there, I started waking up in the middle of the night, usually at around one or two, to a man standing in my hallway. He wore a white shirt and blue jeans, looked like he was probably in his thirties. When I saw him standing in the hallway, I would bolt out of my bed yelling, what the hell are you doing here? Or, who the funk are you? But by the time I reached the hallway, there would be nobody there. So because I was a bit stressed at the time, I didn't think anything of it. Having grown up in a haunted house, for real, we'll share those stories on another day. I was accustomed to weird things happening, but I never even seen a full-figured apparition with a face and clothes in such detail, so I figured it probably wasn't an apparition. I figured I was dreaming, and it was just one of those stress-induced dreams where I didn't realize I was dreaming. This probably happened three or four times over a week, period. In general, though, even though I didn't see a man standing in the hallway, I would still wake up almost every night at around the same time. At the end of this two-week period, I was pretty tired. Then, after the two-week period ended, it stopped. I stopped walking in the middle of the night and didn't see any random dudes in my hallway. I went to my friend's house for Sunday dinner at this time. 
tired, but other than that, all was normal. After a year ago, I moved into an apartment in a newish complex, so can't be haunted because it's super old, right? First few weeks I stayed there, I didn't have any issues, but about a month after living there, I started waking up in the middle of the night, usually at around one or two, to a man standing in my hallway. He wore a white t-shirt and jeans and looked like he was probably in his 30s. When I saw him standing in the hallway, I would bolt out of bed yelling, What the F are you doing here? Or, Who the F are you? But by the time I reached the hallway, there would be nobody there. So because I was a bit stressed out at the time, I didn't think anything of it. Having growing up in a haunted house. For real, I will show those stories another day. I was accustomed to weird things happening, but I hadn't ever seen a full-figured apparition with a face and clothes in such detail, so I figured it probably wasn't an apparition. I figured I was dreaming and it was just one of those stress-induced dreams where I didn't realize I was dreaming. This probably happened three or four times over a two-week period. In general, though, even when I didn't see a man standing in the hallway, I would still wake up almost every morning around the same time. At the end of this two-week period, I was pretty tired. Then, after the two-week period, it stopped. I stopped walking in the middle of the night and didn't see any random dudes in my hallway. I went to my friend's house for Sunday supper at this point, tired, but other than that, all was normal. I'm really close to my friend's family, and her parents are basically my parents, and I go to their parents for advice when I need it. Normally, I'm the one to pull one of them aside when I'm struggling, but this time, her dad pulled me aside and asked if I was okay. I said I was fine, a bit stressed, and other than that, life is good. He had a pretty intense look of concern on his face, so I was a little taken back by the intensity of the are you okay question, so I asked, why? This part is a bit religious. Sorry for the non-religious ones out there. Only a small part of this story, though. My friend's dad was a pretty spiritual religious man. When I asked why he said that the other night he had the strongest presence feeling, he needed to pray for me and pray that my house has been cleansed and that the evil presence in my home would leave. So, about the next time he prayed that an evil presence leave my house, I started sleeping through the night, which brings me to the next part of the story. In the apartment above me, there lived a crazy person. Well, maybe she wasn't crazy, but it kind of seems like she was. She was an older woman, maybe in her 60s. I would hear her pacing the floor and taking all night long. Not every night, but a lot. 
At first, I thought she was watching TV, but then I realized it was just a single voice. Never background music. When she would talk in the bathroom, I could hear her conversations. Gotta love thin walls and apartment buildings. I should mention she lived alone, and when she would have these conversations, there was never any other voice I would hear. Just hers. So I assumed she'd just talk to herself all night long. Fast forward six months when the lady upstairs moved out. Her family actually came and helped her move out suddenly. Finally, I would be able to sleep without hearing her talk to herself at night. By this time, I had a roommate and my roommate had a dog. A few days after the lady upstairs moved out, the dog stopped going into my roommate's room and would freak out in the hallway if you left her there at night. I now sleep with my door closed because I had a roommate and her dog, so I didn't witness the freakouts at first. Normally during the day, the dog would sit in the window of my roommate's room and watch the people go by, basically all day long. Now suddenly, the dog wouldn't go into my roommate's room and would start freaking out in the hallway. If you left her there at night, I now slept with my door closed because I had a roommate with her dog. So I didn't witness freakouts at first. Normally, during the day, the dog would sit in the window of the roommate's room and watch the people go by, basically all day long. Now, suddenly, the dog wouldn't go into my roommate's room, and when she was in the hallway, she would cry and scratch at my door to be let in. At night, she would normally sleep in my roommate's room, but suddenly she wouldn't. And if you forced her, you would have to literally drag her in. And then she would scratch at the door and cry to get out. I started to feel like I was being watched when I showered. Or I would feel like someone else was in the room when nobody was there. That's when I noticed the man in the hallway was back. I never told my roommate about previous experiences with the man in the hallway until she brought up that she just started feeling weird at night and would wake up night after night. If you don't want roommates to pick up and leave, you don't tell the ghost stories that happened in your house. So, that's when I told her about the man in the hallway and that's when we called my friend's dad. My friend's dad came over and blessed the house, and we didn't have any issues after that. The dog went back to hanging out by the window all day, after a couple days of the guy in the hallway not showing up, and my roommate started sleeping through the night again. My theory is the man in the hallway left my place and went upstairs, and that is who the lady upstairs would talk to all night long and why her family freaked out and moved her suddenly. Once she left, he came back down to my place till he got booted. Question is, where did he go? To say that I was paranoid about having an experience is an understatement. 
By nature, I am a jumpy person, and even just hearing a floorboard creak causes me to jump out of my skin. I have several stories that would fit into this sub fairly well, but I'm here to share the one that sold it for me. I might share more later, but this is the one that basically slapped me in the face and told me that spirits were most likely real. To provide some background to this story, I used to work at a Victorian mansion in my hometown during my senior year of high school, up until I left for my first year at university. I was a tour guide there, and because of this, I was kind of allowed to just explore the home during my free time between tours. This mansion, which was known for its eccentric owner, and is apparently haunted, according to local urban legend. It's big. Big isn't even really the right word to describe it, as the home is huge. Its layout is confusing, which lends itself to an overall creepy vibe that the house just gives off. This house is allegedly haunted by its owner, and I'm happy to confirm or deny which house it is if people would like that sort of thing, as it is a well-known tourist location where I'm from. There's a certain time of the year running from June to mid-July where the house is generally more active. It is generally accepted by tour guides, as we were the ones spending the most time in the house out of all the employees. That there are far more sightings than paranormal experiences that would occur during the time of the year. Our running theory is that these weeks we were the same in which the owner's daughter had been alive, before dying six weeks after birth. This death was what really started the owner's spiral into what many would consider to be hysteria or craziness. This happened in late June in 2018, if I remember correctly. It had been a slow day, especially slow for the summer months, where waves of tourists would come tour the home. During slower times, tour guides are sent into the home to clean, generally dusting, washing windows, or sweeping. Simple tasks that would help maintain the house. I, along with one of my co-workers, were cleaning in the owner's main bedroom. Us tour guides would refer to this room as the dead room, as this was, in fact, the room that the owner died in. This wasn't something we would use around guests, as that would probably freak out the ones that were here, not fans of paranormal activity. We had a lot of guests that were fascinated by the architecture, or were there just because Yelp said it was a fun tour. At this time, my co-worker was fairly new to the job, and seeing that I was one of the more senior tour guides with a year under my belt, I was pointing out things in the room to her. One thing in particular that I pointed at was a scent sachet that was placed in a period pitcher on the bedside table. It was supposed to have a floral scent of some kind, but 
was not particularly strong, so guests most likely would not be able to notice any difference it could possibly make. After doing so, I decided to actually do my job and clean. I was dusting the window frames and my co-workers were inspecting the chest of drawers. For reference, this is across the room from where I pointed out the scent sachet to her. Just minutes before, while she was seeing if the various drawers in this antique piece of furniture would open, she noticed that the scent sachet would possibly be more effective on this side of the room, as this was the side of the room where guests would enter on the tour route. There were four drawers on each side of the chest of drawers, and she finally got to the bottom one. At this time, we weren't about three or four feet apart, our backs to each other. My co-worker said, in passing, I'm sorry, ma'am, to the home's deceased owner. As there was a possibility that the piece was original to the house, we were unsure as all of the furniture was sold off shortly after the owner's death in a private auction. As she stood up, there, all of a sudden, was a strong rose scent, as if someone was shoveling bouquets right into our face, coming from right between where we were standing. I remember feeling this wave of panic immediately wash over me, as I started to look at my computer. I asked her if she smelled it too. She said yes, and that we were certain we weren't alone anymore. After a long second of us looking at each other, the two of us bolted from the room, incredibly spooked by this very in-your-face moment. I have found no way to explain it since and the smell of roses never fails to cause a shiver to run down my spine. From the ages of about 5 to 12, I lived in what I believed to be a haunted house. The first experience was when I was probably 8 or so. I had woken up just as the sun was about to rise, and my bed was directly next to the window. I sat up and peered out the blinds, and saw the glow from the sun starting to rise. I also saw what deemed to be a maybe forty-year-old man standing on the curb, staring directly into my window. I screamed in horror, and moved away from the window. My mother came in, but no one was outside the window when she looked. The man looked slightly older and was wearing reading glasses. His complexion was white and translucent. He looked like a regular man, but the second time I looked out, his mouth was gaping wide open, almost as if he had a broken lower jaw hanging from his mouth. A couple of years later, I had my second experience. I walked out of the bedroom during the night to get a drink of water from the kitchen. The lounge room was in the center, and the kitchen was joined to it off the left. On the right side of the lounge room, it was the front door. I walked down the hall to the entrance of the lounge room. My mother had left 
the light on during the night so if any one of us kids woke up, they could make their way around easily. As I got to the entrance of the lounge room, I noticed a figure to the right of me near the front door. A very tall woman was walking towards me. I stood frozen in fear as she walked past me and seemed to reach out and grab something of a, a crock board in the kitchen. She even turned around walking straight past me again and through the front door. As she did this, all of this she did not take her eyes off of me. She stared directly at me the whole time. She had the same complexion as the man and I could clearly see wrinkles around her face. She was very tall, maybe close to seven feet. She had brown hair and a white gown on. I was fixated on her, but out of my peripheral, I could see what looked like a piece of paper, which she took from the corkboard. The way she stared at me the whole time still horrifies me 20 years later. Telling the story to my family when I was about 18, a few others had different encounters. My brother saw two dark figures sitting in the dining table, seeming to be peeling potatoes. My sister saw a little boy poke his head around the doorframe as she sat in the bathtub. We moved out and life went on. This may sound crazy, but here it goes. In college, my then-boyfriend and I lived in an old house near campus. The house always kind of gave off a little bit of a creepy vibe, but nothing ominous. After living there about a year, I started seeing things out of the corner of my eye, things I could only explain but would convince myself weren't there. One day, I was walking through the living room and could have sworn I saw a youngish girl with long hair wearing jeans and a bandana sitting on my couch. When I looked again, she was gone. Shortly thereafter, the boyfriend's things started getting messed with. He left a stack of magazines on my bed while he went to shower. When he came back, they were spread across his bed. Not like the stack he had just folded over, but arranged in a grid. Another time in the shower, the water turned suddenly cold. He reached down to turn the hot water up, only to find out that the hot water was completely off. He started to feel creeped out, but I never got a bad feeling despite the things I'd seen. I joked that we had a ghost in the bandana hippie guy I saw on the couch and he has a crush on me. One night, boyfriend and I were cooking dinner together. He came up behind me at the stove and started kissing my neck. I joked, Be careful, Jed. That's what we started referring to the ghost as. Isn't gonna like you doing that. He laughs and just says out loud, Sorry, Jed. <laughs> you, can, you can't have her, man. She's mine. No sooner had the words gotten out of his mouth, there was a huge crash in the next room. We go into the living room to inspect and find that the glass door to our entertainment center is completely shattered. 
Pieces of glass were flung all over the room, like the glass had been hit by something hard. After that, no more weird things happen, no more creepy feelings, no more odd occurrences. My uncle was at my sister's house. His grandson was going to run to get food and asked my uncle if he wanted to tag along. He said he did, but he needed to put shoes on, and we would meet him upstairs in a couple of minutes. So the grandson walks down the hall, and my uncle starts putting his shoes on. He looks up, and he sees the boy down the hallway, just standing there staring at him. He tells them again he will meet him upstairs, and the boy turns and walks into the bathroom at the end of the hall and starts combing his hair. My uncle finishes putting his shoes on, and when he looks to the bathroom, the boy is closing the door. He figures he needed to use the bathroom, so he decided to wait until he got out and keeps watching TV. Now he waits and waits and waits. Thirty minutes go by, so my uncle decides to go check on him upstairs. He gets up there and finds out the grandson had left a long time ago. A few minutes later, the grandson is back. My uncle is totally confused and asks when he left the bathroom. The boy has no idea what he's talking about and says he never combed his hair or any of that. On top of it, the boy gets a little freaked out and shares his own story. One night, he was stayed in the house and got up in the middle of the night to get a glass of water from the kitchen. His grandmother was sitting at the table, no lights, totally still. He stood there for a minute, and it felt weird to him, so he walked down to his bedroom. On his way back, his grandmother was asleep in her bed. I guess my aunt has no idea that these things happened. They don't want her to be scared in her own home. But seriously, what in the living F? I lived in a haunted house. Yes, ghosts aren't real. You must have imagined it, etc., etc., etc. I know what I saw. Anyway, there was an old farmhouse in rural Norway that always had a reputation of being haunted. The house belonged to my now ex-wife's family. No one was staying there. It was her uncle's summer cottage. And we needed a place to stay, so we used it. It was actually a very comfy place nestled in a valley. We brought our cat with us from the U.S. when we moved as well. I loved it here. Everything was normal for the first couple of months. But that's when the voices started. At first, they were indistinguishable. Just the muffled noises of women talking. Easy enough to dismiss, but things got more intense. One night, the lights came on in the living room. We could smell food cooking. 
and there were women talking in there. Now, I should note that she had kind of a nosy family that would just show up whenever they felt like it. But this was three in the morning. I was more angry than freaked out. I got up and headed towards the kitchen, still hearing the voices. The voices stopped as soon as I started to open the door to the kitchen, and I opened the door and went inside. The lights were still on. The oven was turned off but warm, smell of food in the air, and no one was there. Things started to get more sinister after that. There were screams in the cellar in the attic, usually in the middle of the night. The cat was getting increasingly agitated as time went on, acting like she should see things that weren't there, chasing things that were invisible, hissing at thin air. This led up to the event that had us nope right the hell out of there. We woke up to the cat making his horrid howl, screeching noise in the middle of the hallway. I go to see what's happening, and we didn't see her right away. But there she was, my white, fluffy, blue-eyed cat, standing on the ceiling in complete defiance of gravity. Eyes glowing red in the country moonlight and howling. My wife came out and saw this too and screamed. The cat stopped howling and just stared at us. Then the cat opened her mouth and said, Get out. In Norwegian, in the voice of an old woman. As soon as those words were uttered, red glow faded from her eyes and she fell from the ceiling onto the floor, got up and acted like nothing happened. We slept at our parents that night and moved out the next day. That was enough. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. In the meantime, please take care of yourselves. I'll be reading to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.
Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.